The Korean FC podcast is kindly sponsored by Radio Taxis. Give them a call, 70353-709. They know the score. Hi, good afternoon. Welcome along to the official Korean FC podcast. Another week gone into the season and uh, the, the league table starting to, to starting to take a little bit of shape, I suppose. So, um, first of all, thank you all for, for coming on board and listening once again. We're, we always get good feedback from supporters wherever we go, which is always great to see and, and we appreciate it very much. As we do, the support that we get from our sponsors and, of course, the likes of... Uh, Radio Taxis, who kindly sponsor the podcast and many others. I suppose, really, I mean, we should start this week, um, as you say, I'm joined again by Jonathan McNabb, my old friend. Johnny, really, there's only one place that we can start, and I'll just say to you, let's talk about Glenavon. Let's not talk about Glenavon. <laughs> um, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just thinking, how, how can a team that comes to Korean beats Korean 4-2 and then within a, the same week can go at home and lose to a, a newly promoted Newry City side by 5-1. Can can you explain something like that? I think in isolation, I think the game on Friday night, well, I'm were by far the better team. They were more, you know, they looked fitter. Obviously, they didn't play. Uh, they won every first and second balls. They won the midfield battle and, and to be fair, if they'd have scored a few more goals, you wouldn't have begrudged them that, I think. Um, then I listened to Gary Hamilton's post-match interview uh, from the game on Tuesday night, and he think he made a point where it's either a mentality thing or his players struggle to win the games whenever they're favourites. So obviously he he's out there to to contend with. I think as well, Newry aren't a bad side. I think they're unlucky at home to Crusaders and unlucky at home to Linfield too, uh, two narrow defeats. So you can't take anything away from that as well. I think just in the league in general, it's, it's so tight. You look at results around the league. You look at Carrick last weekend too. So. Yeah, uh, I said last week in the podcast that I hate when we play Glenavon, so I'm not going to change my mind now, but they thoroughly deserved it on Friday night. Um, so, yeah, we just need to bounce back now. And, you know, as we all probably know by now, you, you'd you have to go back to March 2020 for the, the last time that uh, Korean beat Glenavon. Uh, I think by right, if I'm thinking right, March 2020 was the start of COVID as well, so there's maybe something in that. But um, Friday night's game, it was disappointing for from a Korean perspective, Johnny, because there was a good-sized crowd in it. Uh, going into the game with three wins out of three games, do you think, and it was mentioned by Owen on the Tuesday night after Carrick Rangers, that he was a bit concerned about the three games in six days. And to be honest, Korean's performance, you could almost see that, couldn't you? I know Owen won't use that as an excuse, but I remember him saying before that having a three-game week, um, so soon after the season starts isn't ideal for, for anyone and you can probably see his, his reasons why. Um but I just thought Glen Avon they, they to be fair to them it wasn't you know it wasn't their you know it wasn't their decision to call off the game against Newry that Tuesday night it's because Lumfield played Newry on, on the Sunday. So you can you can have no blame attached mm-hmm. to, to Glen Avon as well. So yeah look they just look fitter and fresher and I think you know in hindsight looking back I'm sure if Warren could have changed a few things he might have done that but but then how do you change a winning team? So um, yeah, I thought one each going in at half time, not playing well. Um, how many times have we changed the game around, shutting down to the real way end and everything? I thought the momentum may have went with us, but then whenever you see Robbie Garrett's goal, taking a wicked deflection, hitting the post and going in, it just probably just summed it up, to be, to be perfectly honest. You just knew it wasn't going to be your, be your night at that point. But I mean, as I said at the outset, you know, it's early days in the league and, and it just shows you Linfield losing away at Carrick Rangers on the Sunday. Uh, it just shows you that uh, it is a cliche, but it's cliches are, are cliches for a reason, and it's true that any team could beat any other team on their day in that league. So, um, but we, we'll look ahead to the weekend later in the podcast. But I, I'm delighted to say that this afternoon our special guest is the Korean under 20s manager Marty Smith. And Marty, we have you on today really for a number of reasons, but primarily. I mean, for fans that maybe aren't aware, there was a European draw that took place today. 
Um, we've all heard about the Champions League and the, the Europa League draws that took place. But there was a European draw that took place today and Korean under-18s were in it. I mean, could you just tell us a little bit more, Marty, about what that is all about? Hi, it's the it's the UEFA Youth League as such. Um, and, and we got entered on it because we won the under-18 Nuffle League last year. Um, at the time, won the league, we didn't realise that you know this reward would have been there. It's only come to light in recent weeks, um, but it's been brilliant. It's been it's been brilliant. It's it's going to be a great experience for the players, um, for their families, for the coaches, the staff, um, and the club in general. It's going to be really really good. So, am I right in thinking that it is kind of like a like a Champions League, like for those age group players? I mean, that's the format, is it? The the, the league yeah. champions of each of the the competing countries are entered into the draw. Yeah, pretty much. We're in what they call a domestic path. Um, so the, the Champions League draw last week for all the first teams, all their youth teams mirror that format. Um, so And then we're the one underneath then a domestic path for the teams that their first teams aren't in the Champions League. Um, but big, big ask, but if you progress a few rounds, then you'll meet them teams, you know, such as your Bayern Munichs and your Real Madrids. Um, and your man cities and that, so you know they'll all be on the the round later on in the competition. But now overall, it's it's brilliant. Um, a real excitement, you know, about the players. A real excitement about the club. The draw was done earlier this morning, and I've had to put my phone on the charger because I'm getting that many text messages and phone calls and emails and that. So now it's 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 brilliant. It's great. And tell us the draw. You said it took place on the Wednesday today. Where did it take place? And You'll have to tell us who Korean got in the draw. Um, the draw was done in Switzerland at UFS headquarters earlier. Um, the club had three representatives over, um, the secondary Laura went over, along with Gary Deveni and Gary Taylor, who coach was as well. Um, so they got to go and represent the club, which was good for them. Um, and we got a, a Macedonian team. Now, one of you might have to pronounce it for me. Um, FC. Jonathan. Yeah, go ahead, Johnny. Nah, listen, I'm from Bush Mills, so I would you wouldn't you wouldn't make sense. I wouldn't make sense. Um FC Pabeda or Padera. Um it's hard hard to pronounce, but um with the draw only been done, you know, we, we have to be honest, I don't think there's there's too many of us have got a great knowledge of Macedonian football. Um but as the days and weeks progress, I'm sure we'll try and find out a bit more. Um but we're really travelling on the unknown. Um, you know, Macedonia isn't somewhere where you go on your holidays, so we don't know a lot about it at the minute, but we'll, we'll soon find out once we get our, our head around it. And Johnny, I mean, it's a tremendous achievement for Korean as well, because I believe that this is the first time a team from Northern Ireland is involved in this competition at this level. Uh, so it's a little bit of another bit of history for Korean, you know, in terms of club. Um, I mean, how exciting from your point of view, you work within the, the media team at Korean and you're also a fan as well. I mean, can you tell me how exciting it is for you to see the, the next generation of young guys taking part in European competition? I came home last Thursday night. It would have been in my phone bleat and it was from UEFA. And they they tagged um, Korean on a tweet and I was like, what's going on here? And it said about the youth team being in the UEFA Youth League. Right, okay. And I thought nothing of it. Put um put my phone down the next day and then I had a couple of phone calls obviously from, from people at the club saying, Yeah, it's true and it's gonna happen and, and call message me if I could put something out. So I spoke to everybody and managed to get a press release and everyone out over the weekend. So yeah, look, I think it's exciting. Um not only for you know, not only, you know, for, for supporters, but for the players as well. It's it, it you know for their achievements last year, it's a it's a it's a reward for that there and you know, not many people will go. I'm sure not many of them lads have been in Macedonia in their life, so they'll test themselves at a higher level as well. And, and obviously, you know, if they can get through, um, which again we don't know what they're like. Um, but you know, you either play Genk or Slavia Prague, so that's a big incentive too. So it was it's really good for everyone in the club. Um, and I think you know a few fans will definitely try and get the home leg as well from what I gather. So, um, yeah, look, it'll be an exciting time. Um, obviously the first team didn't get in Europe this year, so. Uh, at least there's some uh, representation from Korean. It's the next best thing. And uh, Marty, you said that your phone has been red hot. I mean, can you tell us what has been the reaction from the players? Because if the likes of Johnny and yourself and myself are excited, I mean, you can only imagine 
how the players must be feeling at the prospect of it. Yeah, you know, for young players, like 10, 17, 18 years old, um, they experience playing European football. And it's not just going to be the 90 minutes on the pitch, you know, that's going to benefit them. It's going to be the lead up to it now. You know, how you cope with that. We have got, we've still got um, league games to play. The under 20s and under 18s still have a number of league games to play um, before the, the draw. So it's, it's how we prepare for that with the league games. Um, and then obviously the flight. Uh, I, I don't even know the flight path to Macedonia. Um, I don't know how, but you know, all that experience of it, the experience of preparing on a match day and, you know, and, and looking after that nervous energy during the day um, and being able to deal with going and playing in a, you know, a foreign country. Um, I was looking at the weather and Macedonia, like the second leg is going to be early October. I was looking at it and it was saying it'll be in around mid twenties, which is still warm enough for, for boys from here. Um, so it's all, it's all that, it's all that experience that they're going to gain um, over the next, you know, couple of months. And, as Johnny touched on it there about the next round, you know, we're not going to look too far ahead, but what an incentive um, to go and play in Belgium or the Czech Republic if you were to get through. Um, I'm sure the Macedonian team are probably thinking the same as us, but, you know, what an incentive. And we've entered it and we haven't just entered it. They they make up the numbers and they get experience. They want to go and make a mark on it, you know, and we'll do our best and we'll set ourselves up as best we can. And, you know, if our best isn't good enough, then we can hold our hands up and, and say it's not, but we'll, we'll give it 100%. And the makeup of the squad, Marty, will that be last year's under eighteens, or is it this year's under twenties, or what? Is it is it the squad that won last year, and that they still eligible for under eighteen, or are they some of today's under twenties at the showgrounds? Yeah, so it, it it's last year's under eighteens who have all progressed to the under twenties this year, so it will be predominantly made up of this current season's um, under twenty team, but. There will be a number of under 18s um, traveling as well to be part of the squad. Uh, we've had to register 40 players with UEFA, um, which has been a really busy, really busy period. And then I believe we can travel with around 20 to 22 and then name 18 in the match day squad. So, depending on flights and how we, how we travel and stuff, I would love to include as many of the young lads as we can, um, even players who might not make the 18. But just the whole experience uh, will enrich them and, and, and set them up. What a what an experience, <clears throat> excuse me, as you say, Marty, for, for young young footballers, young men, just to be able to go away and, and get a feeling of what it must be like to be like almost a professional footballer in that uh, environment. In terms of actual logistics, I know it's early days. The draw has just been made on Wednesday. The first game and the games are coming up. They're not too far away. I'm just thinking, how as a club and you as a squad, how do you prepare and get to Macedonia and how many in a travelling party can go, for example, or is it too early still to to know that? Um. No. Well, the, the good thing is we were drawn out first. Um. So we're at home on the 14th of September. I, I just think that just needs to be ticked off by the Korean representatives that are in Switzerland um, and UEFA. But at this moment in time, we're at home first on the 14th of September and the second leg isn't until the 5th or 6th of October, I believe. So that's good for us that it, it gives us that wee bit more time for, for to sort out the travel and the, the flights and the hotels. And there's one or two lads scrimmaging around for passports um, and making appointments in Belfast to get up and get them and, and double on that. So... Um, you know that that's been advantage this, and also being at home first. Um, if if we can if we can get any sort of positive result, or you know, it gives us something to go away with. Just when you mentioned about the young guys, etc., and the passports, you know, it's potentially maybe for some of the guys, it's maybe the first time that they've been away abroad. Maybe I don't know. I mean, for some of them, possibly I, it could be. Especially, you know, there hasn't been too many people travel in the last maybe two years. Um, with the COVID situation. So, you know, they might not have been away recently or they might not have been away at all. So um, it'll be brilliant. You know, they'll, they'll be well looked after. We'll do it really professionally. Um, but in fairness, they, the group of players that will be taking ways, they've had really good experience in the last 12 months. It's, it's going to be close enough to the same group that played Manchester United last year um, in the Super Cup for that we um, exhibition game, if you can remember. And then mm-hmm. it's going to be the same group that went last year and won the 18s leagues and you know we still had a great difficult places and perform um 
So it's that group. And then quite a few of lads have played in the Super Cup this year, you know, against the Mexican teams and against um, you know, decent English sides as well. So they'll be, you know, we're not going to we're not going to be completely green. You know, we'll, we'll, we've got good experiences there and they've done well in the last 12, 18 months. So we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully be all right. It's, a, it's an amazing opportunity, Johnny, as well, isn't it? I mean, when you're thinking like the young guys there and, and Marty's made a very good point. You know, A, the under-18s won their league last year, which shows us a, a, a massive degree of talent and consistency and hunger. And then allied to that, a lot of them played against Man United and also in the Super Cup. So you're not you're not looking at a team without any experience. I mean, you're looking at a side and obviously quality, but a little bit of knowledge too. So you would like to think that things could go okay against what is admittedly an unknown quantity in the Macedonians. Yeah, of course, and you have to look at it. You know, they wouldn't be in that company. They wouldn't be in the UEFA uh, League if they didn't have a successful season. So, um, yeah, look, they're they're you know obviously they're the champions of their country, and they'll be going there not only for Northern Ireland or not only for Korean, but obviously for Northern Ireland as well. And and you know, and it totally, I know it's a totally different you know universe in terms of first team level, but you know, only had to look how well Linfield done as well. So, you know, and you know, at first team level, so no, it's, it's a great opportunity for the boys um to test themselves. Um, and you know, a few games in Europe, you know, would be would be worth their weight in gold and traveling as well and being a professional uh, team and, and everything else. And, and yes, boys will be boys, and I'm sure they'll have a bit of a carry on. But I know Marty and, and the rest of the coaches there um, let the you know they let the kids live as well. But you know, there's always a serious element to it as well. So no look, it'll be an exciting time um, for them. And and here's hoping you know they get a really good crowd at Showgrounds. I think it's the night after the big cup tie against I think we're at home on the Tuesday night, and then we'll be. The home tie should probably be at home the Wednesday night as well. So, um, two two big nights for for the football club, and it'd be great they they give them a bit of a support before they head off for the second leg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine that a lot of people would go as much for the the, the not not so much the novelty factor, but the the curiosity a to see the young Korean players, but also you know to see a European team in action at Korean. Um, we've been lucky in, in recent years with the success of Oren's first team that we've had success in Europe. And do you think, Johnny, as well, the fact that Korean have done well in Europe in recent years, obviously Linfield did well this season, arguably should have done better. Does that permeate down insofar as any Irish league team now, regardless of what age group it is, is going into European games in a more confident frame of mind than maybe they would have done say five or ten years ago I always I've mentioned this a few times in the podcast but I remember the first time Korean were in Europe obviously in my lifetime I can remember it was the uh, Hoggerson game in, in Norway and we're a bit like rabbits in the headlights and we got beat 7-0 in the first leg and then you fast forward a few years after that you know we drew out in Serbia when we should have won we beat Maribor we beat the fair, or we beat the team from, from San Marino they pushed Mullerwell all the way, um, and we, had, you know, two we had arguably two good results against that team, um, from Bosnia last year. We were probably just a bit unlucky with the home leg. So, yeah, I think you know, the standards have definitely risen in European um football from all clubs, um, representatives, um, as well, and you know, and that has to tie down to the, to the youth teams as well. Um, you know, you're you're hoping that a few players in Marty's team in the 18s will, or the 19s, whoever it is, will go up and play for the first team at Korean. You know, we, you know, mention it all the time, we're not full-time, we're not blessed with all the money in the world, so you need the next Patrick Kelly up or Lewis Tosh and even, you know, to, to an certain extent, Kurt McLaughlin last year. So we need boys coming in, coming into, into the first team and, and there's no better way of, of learning than, than going away and playing Europe, testing yourself against different players. You know, you're away from your families as well for a few days, which might be a bit surreal to the young boys at that age and everyone else. So, um, yeah, I just think playing in that competition will be will be worth it. It's weight and gold for for them. Mm, it will indeed. And uh, Marty, will you will you be chatting to Oren and, and and picking his brains a little bit about preparing for Europe and and the logistics and just what it entails? Will you have a chat with him or? Yeah. It would um, it would be great to they tap Andy has knowledge um you know, he's, he's been there and done it and got positive results and you know it's, and as much as we might want to dress it down it's not going to be your run the mill league game so 
Um, it would be great, you know, if we could get and speak on my own and the, the first team staff and also maybe the first team players. Um, they speak to a few hours just to get them experience and you know, just touching on that, the first few weeks of the under twenty season, there's been a number of first team players coming down. Um, you know, a few lads coming back from injury and a few lads just needing a wee bit of extra match fitness, but they've been really, really good with the the young boys. Um, you know, their advice and their guidance and their support, both on and off the pitch, has been brilliant. Yeah, because funny, I was going to ask you about that, Marty, as well. You know, I, I think under-20s played on Tuesday evening, had a good win. Yeah, Andrew Mitchell scored a couple, Stevie O'Donnell scored a couple. And just thinking from your point of view, you're obviously, you know, the manager that under-20s, you're, you're mid-30s, you're young. You know, how how difficult or how challenging is it when you're managing a team to manage some of the, the senior players, is that a problem or is that okay? Do you say that, that the players have a good attitude, which makes your job that much easier then? Uh, you know, maybe on the outside looking in, you know, it might look difficult, but it's anything but, you know, I, I can't be um, any more honest about the first team players that come down, their attitude's 100%. Um, they come down and they, they want to be there. Um, they, they put shifts in, they work really, really hard. They're, they're not just down there to get a game or work at 70%. You know, they've, they've come down and they've put a serious shift in. They've, they've all put performances in. Um, but the big thing for me is how good they've been with the young lads. You know what I mean? They're not they're not on there getting on to them or, or belittling them. No, that doesn't happen. They, they might give them a word of advice or you know, shake them up a wee bit, but nothing, you know, it's been brilliant. It's been a great experience for me getting the coaching and manage players who have played, you know, hundreds of games in the Irish League. But it's great for you know, for example, it's great for our centre half who's <laughs> seventeen to play beside Stevie O'Donnell, um, who's been there and done it. Um, and you know, the experience he can get out of them or out of that situation is a lot more than we will be able to give him on the, the training pitch, you know. Uh, I can imagine. I mean, if you were young, as you say, seventeen year old starting out in the game, for example, and you're lining up and your club captain is there beside you, it's just you'd be like it's invaluable, isn't it, in terms of coming on, developing in, in the game and stuff. And uh, Johnny, I mean, that's a, that's a really good point Marty makes it. The guys that come down, passing on their knowledge and helping the young guys. And in turn, that's only going to benefit the club long term, isn't it? Look, at the end of the day, that they're role models. You know, Stevie O'Donnell's the club captain. Andy Mitchell's been there for years. Stevie Lurie's done it for years. I'm just thinking the players that have played for them recently. You know, Mickey McCrudden too, and Aaron Jarrows, I think, have all played recently. So, you know, they're Irish League players. They've been there and, and done that. But as well as that, you know, they're going to have to impress at, at, at that level and get up to speed if they want to play for Orange first team. And that's just how it is. And I'm sure if any of them, you know, um, you know, came there with a lazy attitude or, or something like that there, they just wouldn't play. So something like that. So it's, it's for everyone's betterment and, and development as well. You know, they come down there and, and put, in a, put in a shift and... And obviously, it bodes well, you know, passing on experience to the young players, and and bodes well for them in terms of the, for the first team. It does, and Marty, I think I've seen a couple of your under twenty results this year, and things seem to be going quite well for you in your opening games. Ah, it's been decent. Um, we put on you know good performance. We started off the first game away to Cliftonville. Um, Solid is always a difficult place to go, no matter what age group it is. They've always got good, you know, young players. But we end up we play really well. Um. Aided by a few of the senior players, but Club and Ball also had senior players on that night. Um, and we were leading, we were leading in the game, and actually we were going to see it through. The Club and Ball equalised later on. Um, but again, it's a learning curve. You know how we manage games, how we see games out. Um, so we always put a wee positive spin on it. And then we've since had two home games against Portadown and Kyrgyz, um, and we've been very good. We scored five in both of them. Um, so we've scored ten in two games and only conceded one, and it's been really good for us. So. We've got another tough game on Friday night. Um, we play Dungannon at home. We have started quite well. and That Dungannon game was actually meant to be the European week. So the league have moved fast. They, they get that pencil done. So it gives us a chance to use all the players, use the squad. Uh, can we play again then on Monday? So quick turnaround. That's a lot of games, but I guess when you're young, it's, you can play games. When, you when you're young, you just want to play football matches. And in terms of the, the under-20s that you have at the moment, I mean... The under eighteen team you had won the league as well, and pro arguably or probably one of the most famous products from the underage recently was Patrick Kelly PK, who's obviously gone on to West Ham. I mean, you must look 
with a sense of pride at, at, at the, the development of PK, Marty, and not only him, but also some of the other young guys that are in your ranks as well. Yep. No, we, we've got a really good production line coming through. Um, you know, yes, I work with, with PK at Corain, but all our coaches did too. So there's a lot of people, you know, before they got to that first team level that work with him, they get them there. Um, and then once he got there, obviously the, the first team staff took him and, and he, he went to another level. But there's a lot of good work um, going on at the academy. You know, like we'd be, we'd be up there for training, say at seven o'clock, and the young lads are finishing. But sometimes I would be early and it's just nice to watch with the, you know, the, there's lads there working with eight, nine, 10, 11 year olds. And, you know, the work that they're doing now compared to maybe when I was growing up, um, you know, it's brilliant. And the facility definitely makes it. A lot more appealing, you know, walking on the shoe grounds patch because some of them we lads, you know, the Korean first team players are, are their heroes, so to speak. So, you know, they're getting to go on and train on the same patches as well. So there's a lot of good work um, going on right from the younger right up under the, the under 20 team. And it has to be. And I think, Johnny, we've talked about this before. And it has to be that way, doesn't it? Um, to, to compete against the likes of the full time teams and the teams that have financial clout in our league. The onus is on uh, the legs of a Korean to try and produce their own players to make themselves competitive. And if you do sell a player on from, to make a bit of money, reinvest it. And that's where Marty and all the coaches at the academy come in and are so important. Ewan, you, you hit the nail on the head and you answered, you answered, you answered the question for me, so you did. Um, but yeah, though, you're, you're 100% right. Um, you know, Patrick Kelly be the first to say, you know, it wasn't all about, you know, development eighteens and twenties and sixteens. You know, I think he had a bit of a lull when he was younger, just with his height and it took everyone, um, Patrick's um development to, to bring him through. And I'm, I'm sure it's exactly the same um for you for the young guys now. And and yeah, and I know and I know always lays down the challenge of um for young players is whenever you come in you have to be better than the, the players he has at his disposal. But you know, that's challenge, that's football. Um we're probably but maybe six, seven years ago, when we mentioned this before, when thing, you know, whenever we weren't really challenging as well, it probably would have been easier to, to draft a young player in. So it makes it tougher. But at the end of the day, that's where Corey are striving, striving to be. And, and if you're good enough, you'll you'll definitely play. That's it. If you the old adage is, if you're good enough, you're old enough. And and uh, and Marty mentioned as well about the facilities as well. Like the four G pitch is a, a massive advantage, isn't it? Because like you've seen them up at the showgrounds yourself, Johnny. There there's people on that pitch day and night, isn't there? Of course there is, and it's a hub. You know, it's a it's a hub for for the football club, um, hub really for the community too. If you if you think about it, and and yeah, there's you know we we gym nearby, and every time you, you drive in, there's there's at least twenty cars in the place, and you hear kids screaming and everything. But no, that's good. It saves, you know, fair play. I know the uni was good to Korean, but it, you know you have everyone at one place at, at the showgrounds, and and yeah, it's a, it's a big advantage not only for first team level, but but the whole way right through. It is, and um, and you know Johnny. We're talking to Marty, and he's, he's a busy man. Not only does he do the Korean, he also does the Super Cup, and he, and he has another job as well. And probably, Johnny, it was one that interests you. Obviously, it's a job with uh, Man United. I mean, quite the job, isn't it? Um, Marty mustn't like uh, mustn't like the wife or something. He's never. He seems to be every every football thing. He seems he seems to be at. Um, but yeah, look, it must be it must be a class job. Obviously, working working for a full for full time team over like like obviously Manchester United and and yeah, um, Korean and the Super Cup and everyone. So yeah, it must be nice to have all that time and, and stuff like that. But no, listen, it must be a great experience, obviously, and and coaching at, at, at a level like that. Yeah, Marty, can you maybe just explain to those who who are maybe unaware? I mean, I was reading recently about your job, and I think it's maybe the Man United Foundation or something, but. You are like the full-time employee. Maybe I'll let you explain it better than me. Yeah, uh, no problem. But before I start to cover Johnny's point, I've got a very understanding wife. In case she's <laughs> Here, um, Marty, Marty, can I just say, so has Johnny. Johnny's uh, never in the house either. Oh, that's true. That's true. He pops up everywhere. Um, no, my, my job with the Mind Edit Foundation, um, I started full-time with him in mid-May. My, my official job is... I'm a high school partnership officer, so I'm engaging um, young people in the school pretty much to try and inspire them and you know give them a positive outlook in life. So although it is Manchester United, there's a, a youth work element of it um, and a coaching um, background. So my job as a youth worker previously, 
and the coaching experience. It's just, you know, if I could have wrote a, a specification for myself, it matched perfectly. Um, so they get the job, I was delighted, but, um, you know, they work for what I feel is the biggest club in the world. Um, you know, it's an honour and I'm sort of just looking forward to, to getting stuck in now, just early September um, and doing the job. So it's, it's pretty much working with young people to give them a, a positive outlook, you know, whatever way that is, through mentoring programmes, through additional qualifications, um, through football, through sport. So that's what it is. And they do a really, really super job um, with the work they do in Manchester. So the job I have is the first job of a sort in Northern Ireland. Um, and I've been placed in a school and Derry. So really looking forward to getting down and getting at it. Yeah, I mean, I was reading an article written by a friend of ours, Kevy McLaughlin there. Um, and he had written the article and... It was it was funny when I was reading it, and you being a Man United supporter, and you'd said, and you were over at Manchester United, and pictured it at the Stratford end, and when you were doing your sort of induction, your coaching, and you had mentioned about all the years that you'd been travelling and the money that you'd spent going to the matches, and then there you were walking around Old Trafford, free to go and look at whatever you wanted, and I mean, that must have been an incredible moment for you, Marty. I uh, pretty much, um, you know, when I got the job at, at an initial two or three week period, I had to go to Manchester, um, and do all my induction and my training and stuff. So I was pretty much loved there, and they put me up in a hotel and that, which was good. Um, but I just getting to go down and, and walk around Old Trafford and get in and get on the pitch and you know getting to see the inside of it. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel like a job, you know, it doesn't feel like a job. It's it's a it's great getting up every morning, um, and pulling on your 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 mind etiquette, your your tracksuit and that, and going to to do the work and you know but I just there has to be substance to it um, and I'm really looking forward to getting in and, and making a making a difference to young people pretty much well that's it and you're doing that up in, in Derry as you said you're near Derry but then I suppose the elements that that you learn from working with the Man United Foundation you can obviously introduce or transfer in your work with the Korean uh, young players which which is of enormous benefit to them yeah yeah one, one of the, the massive things I've noticed the working way, the Minehead Foundation, and you see, see the people, really, really good people, um, really good people skills. They care, you know, about their employees. They, they look after everybody, but just really genuinely good people that, you know, care, especially in the department I'm in, care about young people, um, you know, which is it's great. And it inspires me to do better, you know, when you work with, with people at that level. And Johnny, as a man, you you're also a Manchester United supporter, like Marty. I mean, how could you even imagine having a job like Marty's there and, and working with Man United? That'd be your dream job. I well, you know, I think everyone knows uh, Rangers would be my team of choice in Glasgow, and I remember having a job interview doing the media for them, and it was just crazy and surreal. So, and going over to Ibrox for a job interview. So, yeah, imagine working to Old Trafford or around Manchester um, or in United kit and stuff must be. Must be a surreal feeling. Um, but he, he wouldn't swab it for a Korean track so that way they point in the season night. That's certainly not. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it is, it's a tremendous achievement, uh, Marty, as well. And it's only going to be a win win situation for everybody. So I think we've talked this afternoon and we've talked about a number of firsts, obviously, Korean young guys playing in the European for the first time, and yourself, Marty, becoming the first. Uh, employee of the Man United Foundation in Northern Ireland here and Johnny a, th a third first if you like I mean I, I believe that you've been talking to Jimmy McAleese from the, the Hummingbird Project here based on the North Coast and they are they've been doing a lot of work good work within the, the community in terms of mental health etc mental well-being um, and I believe that you've spoken to Jimmy recently in terms of uh, a survey, what they're doing, and it's the first of its kind. So we'll we'll hear your chat with Jimmy now. Hi, Jimmy. Many, many thanks for, for joining us on the official Korean podcast this afternoon. And I was sitting there thinking, you've been on the podcast before, and there hasn't been too many who've been on the show twice. So make sure you add that to the, to the CV. Um, I know you're at the match on Friday night against Glenavon. It's probably fair to say we were we were beaten by the by the better team. Seemed that way on the night, Johnny. Yeah, it was uh, disappointing. I don't think, to be fair, after the start we've had to the season that many of us saw that coming. But uh, yeah, disappointing. But we go again. Hey, eh? go again. 
Yeah, there's no there's no time they they rest on their laurels. I think, um, as I said previously, there, I think Glenavon were probably just the the fit. They looked the fitter team, and they looked like a team that hadn't won yet, and they had the bit between their teeth. But here's hoping we can we can respond on, on Friday night. Um, but cracking on, uh, and I'm sure supporters will have seen a press release issued by the club, and maybe seen it in the local press as well. Uh, in relation to a mental health um, community survey, and and Jimmy, I know you're from the Hummingbird. Uh, you've been a big part of the survey as well. And, so we're hearing the name Hughes of Blues, and obviously associate Korean association with the Hummingbird Project. Um, how did you come up with the with the name? Well, I I suppose uh, it's a, it's the the color blues, the color we associate most with the club, and and uh, all of our regalia somewhere on it has the color blue. So it seemed like a natural choice, but there was more to it really than that because uh, in terms of mental health, I suppose. We all get the blues at times, and life has this weird habit of throwing curved balls at us uh, out of nothing, and they just seem to keep coming at time, at times, you know. And and the constantly we seem to be getting hit with new issues and challenges. We're coming out of a pandemic. We're headlong into a cost of living crisis, and uh, a lot of people are worrying about job security and things like that. But and, and all of this and what what we all have is really a very cluttered and chaotic world around us. Uh, so, you know, it, it can seem relentless and it, it is stressful, but uh, it pushes us all to our limits, really. And But I suppose the good news is and, and why we we really picked the Who's the Blues thing is, is name is, is that you, you can actually beat the blues. Uh, that's the good news. Uh, there is something that we can all do to do that and, and beating the blues, I suppose, for uh, us that come from the North Coast end of things, uh, maybe has more than one meaning. Uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that there will be more to be heard about uh, what's in that name. Uh, but uh, hopefully, hopefully the, the hummingbird and the club over, over the coming season now will be helping to beat the blues in more than just one sense. Yeah, we'll not say no to that. Um, obviously, the mental health survey was, was published there uh, over the weekend, and, and what's the purpose of it? Well, I I think with everything we do at Hummingbird, we 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 like to consult with people beforehand. We we need to be sure that we've got a good baseline there. So if we're going to put success measures around the various initiatives that we roll out, then. We need to know at the outset, you know, what what is the emotional temperature out there in Causeway Coast and Glens area? What what is it among among the club fan base? What what's really happening out there? And what's the scale of the need, Johnny? You know, what what we know that that people are finding it tough, but there's there's really nothing there at the moment that that we can lift down a piece of paper and say, well, yeah, here is the scale of that need and. In our own way here with a partnership uh, with the club, we're going to try and establish just what that baseline need is and what we can best do then to start addressing that. Yeah, and um, not everyone will, will have access uh, to the internet. Can you still take part in, in the survey? Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, we want as many people as possible to take part, and most of that will probably come through online. Uh, I know I have had a couple of people saying to me, look, I can't do this survey, I don't have access to the internet or or whatever, and, and the advice that I'm giving to those people, I know some have taken that, is, is that ask a friend or a family member that does have that access to do that survey with you, you know, do it, do it with your, your, your older relatives that maybe don't have access. Do, do it with the kids as well. We want to we want to get you know a, a feel here right across the age groups, uh, regardless of what your vintage is. But you know if you're still having uh, problems getting access and and you'd like to do that, then contact the Hummingbird, and and we'll take you through the survey. Uh, so you know I'll, I'll I'll give you the numbers at the end and various ways you can contact either the Hummingbird direct or me direct. Uh, so, uh, you know, as I say, we want as many responses as we possibly can get. And we, anyone that is accessing it online, we'd remind them just to like that, share it, 
forward it if they've got it on email just get that out to as many of your friends family work colleagues as you possibly can so that we're we're getting a good baseline here obviously what comes next after the survey is there something kicking off around october time yeah well the, the actual timing will probably be late october uh but we we do have a program in mind and just to stick with the, the footballing theme, we have decided to call this free kick. And it, it is very much a pilot project. Um, we, we've aimed it in October, November time for the first the first round of this. And I suppose with the longer, darker evenings coming in, it's a good time to do that. Um, it will be the first in a series of what we hope will be inspiring, informative gatherings of small groups of people, a group of up to 20 people at a time, uh, where we'll get together for f- five 90-minute matches. And uh, hopefully, you know, the, it, it'll be fun, but it could also be challenging. And it, it'll be certainly interactive. But, you know, the main thing is with Free Cake is that people will get an opportunity to share and people will get an, an opportunity to to really learn some great emotional resilience skills heading into the winter time here. And, and uh, it, you know, watch this space really for the final dates for those and for how you register for them. We're expecting that demand will be high for it. Uh, but the good news on that score is if you don't make it in the first cut, then there will be further rounds of that. So what we'll do at the end of that first free kick is we'll really assess and evaluate the impact of it. We'll learn from anything that, that the group have come up with. Uh, we'll tweak as we go forward and continue to roll out free kicks during the rest of the season. So that's the plan. Uh, we have other exciting events that are bubbling there in the background. We're not going to say anything about those just yet, but uh, hopefully they'll all be things that will help to showcase not just mental health, but that overall well-being experience that we all experience at, at, at the showgrounds, at that live well-being experience of live football. It's very hard to beat. And Jimmy, if anyone needs to get in contact with you, what's the easiest way, way to do that? Then? Okay, well, uh, you can contact me by email on jimmy at thehummingbirdproject.org.uk or you can contact me on my mobile number which is 07712 269604 or if you want to contact the Hummingbird office here in Port Stewart directly you can ring us on 028 7055 9504. Well, Jimmy, many thanks for, for coming on today. And again, you can find the survey uh, on our website, Korean Football Club website, social media. I'm sure on the Humminbird social media and website as well. Um, we would encourage everyone to, to fill it in. It's all for, for a good cause and, and to see how, how we can help people. So many thanks, Jimmy, for, for coming on. Thank you very much indeed, John, and I appreciate it. Okay, that was uh, Johnny McNabb talking to Jimmy McAleese there from the Hummingbird Project. Um, and certainly uh, I'll back up everything that the Hummingbird is doing. We all know that mental health and mental well-being is, a, is an enormous um, thing in society, uh, today, society more so than ever. So best of luck to them and, and welcome their support. Um, right, guys, we'll, we'll look ahead to the, the weekend. I'll just get the games up here. Um, Korean are back in action again on a Friday night. It seems to be a... Uh, a common thing these days that the Irish League games or Danska Bank Premiership games are, are spread out over the weekend. And um, Korean away to Dungannon Swifts on Friday, Johnny. I think Dungannon are still searching for their first win. They've obviously got a new 4G pitch there. Um, as for Korean, won their first three up until the defeat by Glenavon. And no surprises that Oren will be looking for a much improved performance and a reaction from his players on Friday night. He will be looking for for all of that and more, Damien. Um, I think you know Dungannon. I think they were quite unlucky against Cliftonville. Uh, I don't think the Dungannon don't struggle don't struggle to score. I think it's, it's keeping them out. And but the weird going to Dungannon for the first time and seeing a new nice 4G surface, and I think the players come out of a different way and everyone else. So 
a bit, a bit eerie at the start just seeing the seeing the place. But uh, yeah, no, look, we have to go there and win. It's as simple as that. Um, we need a, we need a bounce back and get a good performance in as well. So yeah, look, it's never an easy place to go. We Dungana had a bit of a Glenavon about them a few years ago. I remember we could never use yes, they never beat them either. So um, yeah, they've signed well. I think it's, um Brendan Barr is a good player, obviously. Um, he he's there now too and. But yeah, look, we can only concentrate on ourselves, and, and hopefully we can we can get the job done. Mm. Marty, I, I suppose you don't get, or do you maybe get to see many of the the first team games, or probably not, given the fact that you've all our commitments. I uh, no, I give one a can. Um, I was at the game. I was at the game uh, last Friday night against Glenavon. That's the first game I've been at this season, so I don't know if maybe I'm the the problem. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That was the first game I managed to get they they see this season. But no, I'll get to as many home games as I can when you know when I'm obviously not involved with the under twenty setup, um, and work allows me. So I hope they be at quite a few this season. And you know you would know pretty well Dungannon's setup through the youth leagues. They they always are very very strong at youth level and have a, a good um academy set up there. And even I think in their first team. They have a lot of good young players there. And while that they haven't had a win yet, Marty, under Dean Shields, they're always going to play good football and they're always going to be dangerous opponents, aren't they? Yeah, you know, I think it, it won't be long till they, they start picking up points. Let's just hope it's not this week. Um, but no, they're always, Dungan and Sides, always good, always technically good, um, right through the age groups, you know. This weekend, actually, our 16s, 18s, 20s, and first team are all playing Dungannon, um, which it's just a coincidence, but that's the way it's landed. But no, Dungannon team's always decent, always good young players, technically good, can look after themselves. So it'll be a test for all four teams. Um, but let's hope for four, four positive results. I, I'm just thinking, it just came into my head. Obviously, Orne has gone with the same team bar one change for Glenavon last Friday with Adam Mullen sitting out replaced by, by Rodney Brown. Marty, you're a manager. If you were a manager looking ahead to Korean going to Dungannon, would you go with the same team again or would you make changes? I know that's a difficult one and it's it's maybe one you wouldn't want to answer, but oh, I'm just thinking as a manager. It's difficult to answer. Um, you know, obviously it's it's really hard to change a one on team so you can fully understand know the team selection for the first few games. Now obviously losing on, on Friday night um was disappointing. So it gives Owen um a few questions, but he's well enough experienced and well enough first to make his own mind up. He doesn't need my input on it. So I'll jump out of that question a wee bit. I know, I know. I thought you may do. It was a it was a cruel question to ask you, I think, in retrospect. But I mean, in hindsight, Johnny, I mean Owen mentioned after the game we spoke to him in interviews and he says, like, it's great with hindsight, you know, that he should have changed, freshened up the team and he should have made four or five or six changes. But as Marty rightly said, it's very, very difficult to change a winning team. There was no reason for him to change a team that had won its first three games. Do you think that he'll change things up or do you think he'll he'll keep faith with what he has given the first three games of the season? I think you know they had the momentum there with with the three runs in a row, and yeah, hindsight's a wonder, a wonderful thing. But say for example, they made six changes and the same scoreline happened. People doing like, why did they change it? You know, you, you can you can't win. Um, yeah, I think they'll change it on Friday night. I think there might be one or two changes. I just think they might just um ch- change a few things, try a few things out maybe. Um, that's a total guess by the way. Um, but maybe not. You know, it's it's again. You know, it's hard to, I don't know, as the, as the goal's honest truth, I'm sitting on the fence here, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised as, as probably the, you know, Adam Mullen, for example, you know, he might be fit and, and return back and he was very, very good the first three games. So, you know, that could be one they can back in, um, you know, he's been scoring for the, for the reserves too and, and playing well. You know, you've Jack O'Mahony, Orange Jarvis and stuff like that there. So he's got plenty of squad there. He's got plenty of depth there now. So um, you might maybe want to use the squad and maybe freshen a few, a few things up. It's it's a it is a difficult one. It's a gamble, isn't it? Either way, if you stick with the same team or you change it, you know it's like it, it is a gamble. If it was me, I would be looking at the, the team from the first three games, and they didn't do very much wrong. Yeah. And I think just the fact that we mentioned earlier the three games in that six days against Glenavon, 
had a had an effect on it. So I, if I was the manager, which I am not, thankfully, I would probably go with the same team again. But that's only me. Um, Marty, every week now for the last since the podcast has returned, we've done a prediction league system where we look at the weekend's games coming up and you and myself and Johnny predict the scores and then we have a, a look at it next week to see how well we did. So, Johnny, I'll come to you. How did we all do? There was me, you, uh, who was on last week? See my uh, memory. Uh, it was <laughs> Big G. Yes, you see. So, me, you and Big G did last week. How all did we fare in the predictions last week? I mean, I can see you smiling because you know <laughs> you done well, all right? All right, like don't don't be don't be making a fool out of me. But yeah, Damon, you get you get two right, so uh you get ten points. So you're now you're now top of the leaderboard. Me and me and Big Gareth, uh, we mustn't know very much about football because we both scored absolutely zero. So well, yeah, there you go. I will not argue with that. So right, well we'll we'll have a look at the games this weekend, Marty. I'm going to start come to you first and get a score prediction for Dungannon Swifts against Korean on Friday night. Is it a scoreline or a result? Scoreline. I'll I'll go hopefully three one the Corain. Uh, okay. Can we go with the same scoreline, Johnny? Yes. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. I'll go two 0 Corain. Okay, and I will go for two one Corain. Okay. Um. Also, another game on the Friday night. It's a big one actually. Crusaders at home to Larn. Um, Johnny, I'll come to you first with that one. Crusaders home to Larn. How do we see? How do you see that one going? Uh, Larn of Larn of Larn beat Ballyn easy enough. They dug deep to beat uh They actually have a good record. I think at CU as well. So, Crews decent at home. I'm going to go for a two all draw. I think there's plenty of goals in that. Mm, Marty, I'll go for a one one draw. I I will go for a one-one draw as well. That was in my head, so not to yeah. take your score from you, Marty. But um, okay. I'm looking ahead to Saturday. I'm looking Glenavon at home to Carrick Rangers. That that could go anyway, Marty. You've seen Glenavon at close quarters on Friday. I don't know why you see much of Carrick Rangers, but um, they obviously had a great result uh, last time out at home to Linfield, beating them. How do you see that one panning out? Um, it'll probably be tight. Um, we'll maybe go two one, Glenavon. Okay. I think we'll need a response from their um the Newry game. Yes, that's a hard one to call, Johnny. Uh, what's your thoughts? Carrick really impressed me. They they actually impressed me nearly as much as Glenavon did. The only thing is Carrick just didn't put the ball in the net as much. Um. That, that's honestly a game that could finish four each or something. That, that's, a, that's a really tough. You could argue for both teams on a draw here. I'm going to go. I'm going to go four three to Carrick. Okay. <laughs> I go for two two each. I think again. I think there'll be goals in it. Um, but I don't know if either side's enough to to win the game. So I'll sit in the fence on that one and I'll go for a a two two draw. Also on Saturday, an intriguing-looking game at Ballymena Showgrounds where David Jeffrey's side entertain Linfield. Um, Well-documented, Linfield's exit from Europe, heartbreaking as it was, followed that up with a defeat against Carrick Rangers. I mean, if you're in David Healy's shoes and, and the players' shoes, you would be looking to get a win as quickly as you can or else a rot could possibly set in. I mean, Marty... You've been a manager, or you are a manager, I should say. Is it a situation where you get a big disappointment like that, and then you go out the next time, and it's a, another disappointment? The longer that goes on, is it harder to get a positive result from your players? Yeah, it, it is. But you know the the mental toll that result would have had on Linfield in that European game because I sat at home watching it, um, and the way it unfolded. You know, it's, it was it was really disappointing for them. So it's hard to pick them back up. But obviously, they don't feel you know they've got quality players and David Healy's a quality manager. So I don't think it'll take too long until they they turn it around again. But I mean, it is a real thing, isn't it? A hangover like that. I mean, what what do you do as a manager and a and a group of players? Do you 
do you just try to move on or do you look at where it went wrong or do you just put it down, forget about it, move on as quickly as possible? How, how would you go about doing that? It's just trying to love the players as quickly as possible, but I can pretty much guarantee that um, none of the Anfield players or Healy himself would have got much sleep that night after the, the game because it would have been an over and over in their head. It wasn't just the defeat. It was the manner of the defeat. Like, they were practically there. You know, they were they were in with 30 seconds ago. They were 4v1 going to attack the goal. And, you know, 30 seconds later, the centre has unluckily put the ball into his own net. So, really, really hard one they, they accept. You know, if you were beat 4-0 and well beat, you hold your hands up. You know, with 20, minutes, with, with 20 minutes to go in that game, you're looking ahead at your next game. You're looking at your subs. You know, let's get boys fresh. But, you know, to go for 120 minutes and, and lose it the way they, they did... It was it was a really sore one, but you know, that's football and we often see it, but it's just you just need to pick your players back up again, you know, and, and try and get them going again. Yeah, I mean they've had a difficult away day at Carrick Rangers. That probably another place you wouldn't want to be going to try to pick up a win is Balamina. Obviously, David Jeffrey, the former Linfield manager, is there. It's not a great it's not a ideal game for Linfield. I mean, how do you see that one going there, Marty? I it'll be tight, but you know the quality in the areas league at the minute, um, from top to bottom, there is no, there won't be any easy games. You know, I'm sure after that European game, Longfield would have loved a couple of home games. You know, but fixture list doesn't work out that way. So it's just about picking yourself up, and you know, Balmina will be a a real difficult test. Um, that should be a good game, but I would fancy Longfield they, they narrowly get back to one in ways. Give us a score. I'll go two one. Linfield. Johnny, what's your thoughts on, on that? On, on obviously Linfield's performances and what Marty said as well. I mean, do you see them struggling or do you think that they can get back on the on the horse quickly? I read comments from Linfield fans this week saying it was like the worst week of their life support Linfield. I'm sitting there thinking, Craig, you won the league nearly every year last year. <laughs> um, I think Carrick's probably the toughest place nearly to go after that because. And no disrespect to Carrick, but had it been, you know, a Glentor and a Cliftonville, them games sort of speak for themselves. And you turn, you know, whereas you think going to Carrick gonna have to grind one out and maybe just mentally they, they, they just weren't there. Um but yeah, look, I, I think I think this will be a draw. I think Balmina, big DJ, small steps and incremental strides will will get a will get a point here. So I'm gonna go for a one-all draw. I, I was thinking about a draw, but the more we've just talked about it there, I think. Linfield are going to get a response. Um, you said Carrick away wasn't ideal. I think Linfield, Bill Linfield are going to get out of their system sooner rather than later. And I think just just with the firepower that Linfield have, I mean, they have, I don't know, four or five front players that will will potentially win you games. And I, I just feel that they'll have too much for Balamina. So I think I'll go for a 2-0 away victory for Linfield on that, uh, that occasion. Um, Johnny, also there's two two remaining games on the Saturday, um, both good looking games as well. As Marty said, there's no easy games. Glentorn home to Newry City. I mean, if I had asked you that this time yesterday, you would have probably have told me an easy Glentorn home victory. But given the way that Newry City performed last night at Glenavon and the final scoreline as well, maybe that's not such a foregone conclusion after all. Newry's tails will be up, and I mentioned this. Um... Previously in the show here, you know, Nuri were just aged out by Linfield and, and Crusaders as well and played really well on both of them, both of them and obviously and aged out by Carrick in the first game of the season. So, yeah, they'll be going there full of confidence. Blends, top of the league, 10 points. I'm going to go for a home win. Uh, I just think it'll be too strong. Uh, I'll go 3-1 for the Marty, you know, you're uh, in football, newly promoted side, get a massive win at Glenavon. What does that do for, for confidence within a, a group of players and management? Uh, I, I think, you know, when you come up under the Premier League, it's really important to try and get points on the board as quickly as possible. So I think them three points for Newry against Glenavon will take a wee bit of pressure off. Um, so they can go to, they can go to Glentorn without that heaviness on them. Um, and and Newry's season, you know, without being disrespectful to Newry, their season isn't going to be determined by results against Glentorn. Um, and saying that, I'm sure they'll go and try and do all they can. They they get something out of it, and I'm sure they look at it if they can. It's a bonus, but I think looking at it, I would have to fancy the Glen Tour with a, 
a comfortable final one. Yeah, I think uh, I think what you're saying, the Newry, good result last night, but I just think, as you said rightly, Marty, that Newry City's season isn't going to be defined again by games against the likes of Glentorn. It's going to be the teams down and around the mid-table where they're going to be, probably. I would have to agree, and I'll go for a 2-0 Glentorn victory. And then the final game to wrap up the weekend, no game on a Sunday this weekend. The final game comes on Saturday. Um, Portadown at home to Cliftonville. Um, obviously, Cliftonville lost to Korean on the opening day of the season, but have recovered quite well, recovered very well, and are on a good run of form. And Portadown have kind of struggled at the start of the season. Marty, do you see anything other than an, an away victory there at Shamrock Park? No, I can't see um, Portadown taking anything from that game. I'm sure it'll be difficult for Cliftonville. Um, but I can see them going up and, and winning the game. I would, I'll go for a 3-1, Cliftonville one. Mm, I think I would agree with you. And I think, again, Cliftonville's firepower will be too much for Portadown. And I think Portadown will struggle at the other end as well. And I'll go for a, a 3-0 Cliftonville win. Yeah, I think Cliftonville will win too. I think over the last, if you look at results at Portadown the last few years, they haven't had it easy. So... I don't think that. I think that trend will continue and I'll go 2-1 to Clumball. Yeah, so, well, th- those are the, the weekend predictions. We will uh, we'll reconvene next next week and see how we all did on that. Um, Just finishing up here, Marty, we'll just return to where we started and the European draw again. Um, The draw has now been made. Uh, you know who you're playing. Can you just... What happens next and how quickly do things have to happen now? Uh, you know, things have to happen really quickly. Um, the game's in less than two weeks' time, the, the first leg, which by all accounts should be at home. Um, so we have to, but what's important is, you know, we don't want it to derail our league season. Um, so we still have important fixtures to play, you know, and we still want to be doing well in that regard. And we, we're, we're at, you know, running around the top three or four of the league and that'll be the aim because... We have got a really young side again. You know, we look at last year's under-18s. They won the league a year young for the age group. Well, all them lads now are up in the 20s and they're two years young for the age group. And they're actually going to be a year young for that European age group as well. So it's a big ask. But no, to go back to your first question, a lot has to happen. There's a lot of admin stuff behind it, you know, that the players don't see and the people don't see. And like Laura, our secretary, has been really, really good. Um, she's been really busy following stuff on. You know, players need medicals, players need registrations. There's a lot of box ticking, and and Ollie, our, our academy director, he's obviously he's not he's not well at the minute, but he's been doing a, a fair amount of work behind the scenes. So them two in particular have done a lot a lot of work. Um, you know, along with myself and the other staff, we've been doing bits and pieces, but them two have been heavily involved, and they will be heavily involved right up the the kickoff because of all the organisations that required um, from UEFA. So I think we have to be thankful as a group, as a players and staff, to them too for the work that they've put on this. So. But now we're we're really looking forward to it. It's, it's, it's um exciting times, and as you said, you don't want it to derail your league, and that is a problem, isn't it? That people can lose focus because there's a glamour, so-called glamour game coming up down the line, and it's very easy then to get distracted and forget about the bread and butter. But that's where you and the management come in, isn't it, and the coaches. I it's just keeping just keeping lads feet in the ground, you know. We don't want them to not enjoy it. Um mm. because what they've done, and as you touched on earlier in the, the conversation, they're the first we're the first club and they're the first team in the country to take part in this this tournament. So, you know, it's prestige, it's it's an honor and it's exciting. So we don't want to take that out of the players. But ultimately, you know, games in Europe isn't gonna get the players and around the first team squad. You know, it's it's our bread and butter against um our all-age league clubs that we want performances on and, and we want to do well. But as you say, it's exciting for the guys and you have to enjoy it. And the his the history side of it as well is something that you can never take away from the guys. Um I remember Korean made history in Europe in 1965, the, the first Irish League club to play behind the Iron Curtain in European football. 
and that was historic then and this is equally historic now and we'll go in the record books and it's something that you can never take away from you the players the club etc um so it is to be enjoyed and we wish you all the very best um johnny you would echo those uh, sentiments and i'm sure you'll be trying to wangle in your way across as part of the media team will you to montenegro yeah, or Macedonia, hopefully. If we're what did I say? Did I say Montenegro? If, if we're Montenegro, we're, we're in serious problems. We're, um, yeah, it would be nice to go, obviously. Um, plenty of holidays to take from work. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see the crack. Never been to that part of the world. So, be something, but in, in all seriousness, um, regardless of that, it's a massive um, achievement for them. Um, and I said this, you know, they won the league. It's a fine reward for that. They're the first team from Northern Ireland, I think. Not even, not even to think Korean fans are going to support, but I think you may get fans from across the league might come down just because it's an historic occasion for Northern Ireland, if you think about it. Um, it's not very often it's happened here. So, yeah, I wish Marty and all the players all the best and, and see if travels and everyone else. It's fantastic for the club, for the league, and, and here's hoping they, they do themselves justice. And then I just I hope as well, as you said, Johnny, the guys get a good crowd. I mean, Marty, that would make a, a massive difference to them as well, just knowing that the support was there and that people's goodwill would be there and it would be lovely for the young boys to play in front of a good sized crowd at the showgrounds too, wouldn't it? Uh, it'd be brilliant. It'd be brilliant to get as many um people in through the gate as we possibly could. But you know, I haven't touched on it yet either, but it'd be a really proud day for the families. Um, you know, for the parents as well, you know, the amount of work that they go one day, you know, traveling home and away, you know, getting the boys sorted with their kit and washing it and getting them here, there and everywhere. You know, big demands on parents nowadays as well. Um so it's a wee reward for them as well, um, along with players, because I know when you're young, you're 16, 17, 18, you maybe don't appreciate their, the stuff your parents do for you, but, you know, it's, it's a wee one for the parents as well, and I've actually had a few text messages um, looking at flights to, to Macedonia, so yeah. from from parents, so it would be great um, to get as many people as we could and through the get for the home game and to give the boys all the support we can, because we're under no illusions at this level of competition. It's going to be a really, really... Um, Difficult game, but one that we'll do our best on. One to look forward to, and hopefully, as I said, lots of people will get out and support them. Marty, thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I'm ex- I'm excited about the the game against the Macedonians now because it's coming up very very soon, and it's a, it's it's something out of the ordinary. They're all local guys that play in the team. We all know the guys or their parents, the coaches and stuff. And it's a, it's a very, very proud moment for all of them and a proud moment for everybody. I just hope everybody gets out to support them um, and it would be lovely to see you taking a, an advantage out for the second leg and who knows where you may end up. So thanks again, Marty, for coming on. We wish you every success and uh, we hope that you just do the business in Europe. Johnny, thank you to you as well for your time um, and I'll see you on Friday night at the Dungannon. Yeah, I'll see you then, Damien. Uh, here's hoping it's a nice, pleasant trip home with, with three points. And, and I think Stevie's driving up on, on Friday, so um, he's he's the captain. We'll, we'll go on the drink. <laughs> I will. Aye. Why not? Why not, indeed. Right. Guys, thank you very much for your time. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and for all the positive feedback we're getting on the, on the podcast. Uh, until next weekend, wish you all the best. And as ever, come on, the Bandsiders. Bye.